Hi everyone, it's Ricardo. Guess what? We've got an exciting new opportunity for the Popping Collars universe. Have you ever listened to us and thought, I could do that? These guys don't even know what they're talking about. Have you ever had an idea for a podcast, but you just didn't know how to get it off the ground? Or have you started working on a podcast just to find that your only audience is your mom and your dog? Well, starting this year, we are beginning a special offering called Popping Collars Plus. Here's how it works. If you've got a podcast that's somewhere in the neighborhood of religion and popular culture, send us your recording and we will possibly host it on our feed, the longest running Episcopal feed of all time with thousands of downloads per month. It's an opportunity to get your voice to a wide audience and get that potential booster shot of listeners that you've always wanted. And we get the benefit of hearing from more diverse voices from around the religious world. So it's a win-win. So if you want to take advantage of Popping Collars Plus, just send an email and MP3 submission to poppingcollarspodcast at gmail.com. And we will review your offering and possibly put you on the feed. We're looking forward to hearing from all you creative souls. So keep those microphones humming and keep those collars just tell me to bring us a bottle of rum One of the great debates that I used to have with my college friends was answering the question, what is the most quintessential American band? It's easy to start rattling off British bands when thinking about the best of all time, Beatles, Stones, etc. In America, it's a lot easier to identify great solo artists. Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen. But what made the question fun wasn't that we were trying to identify the best American band. It would be hard to argue against the E Street Band on something like that. But instead, we tried to identify a band that sounded like America. Something with Southern blues, West Coast surf pop, Northeastern yearning, and Midwest groove. That's where it gets a little more complicated because somebody like Aerosmith or CCR or the Eagles or ZZ Top have like three out of the four criteria. I was almost convinced at one point that it was the Allman Brothers band, but then determined that their songs are frequently too long to qualify them. Then the answer came to me. The perfect American sounding band, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers, a Southern band with a hint of California cool on the guest list at both Paisley Park and CBGB's. The quintessential American band. I remember you so clearly The first one through the door And I returned to find you drifting Too far from the One of my favorite things to do at the church where I'm currently working 
is uh, to go down to the library and start leafing through old annual reports from 40, 50, 60, or even 70 years ago. It's fun looking at pictures of people in a space that I am intimately familiar with, but also seems like another world. The altar is the same. The chancel looks identical. The stained glass windows featuring the apostles looking on at almost the hundred years of history at this place. All of that is there in these records. And yet the people are wholly different from the community that I know. They have their own loves, hates, ideas, hopes, joys, fears, and lives. And they're all right there on the page. And yet they feel like they're long ago, like they've faded away. I flipped through staff listings from years past. And with the exception of the rectors, whose portraits grace the walls of one of our meeting rooms, everyone else is an anonymous stranger. And while I'm flipping through these pages, I think to myself, how many of these people devoted a lifetime of work to something that will be forgotten? How many of these people created something in their ministries that they are so proud of, and yet not only does no one know what it is that they did, but no one remembers the staff member, that person, even existed. Yeah, this is, this is how I have fun. You wake up and you don't notice Which way the wind is blowing Tom Petty wrote Don't Fade on Me for his really amazing Rick Rubin-produced album, Wildflowers. It was written at a time when Petty was experiencing a ton of personal and professional loss. The dissolution of his 22-year marriage and the breakup with his longtime Heartbreakers drummer, Stan Lynch. This was one of those periods where he was also battling his longtime record label. Mary Horton, who directed a making of documentary about wildflowers called Tom Petty, Somewhere You Feel Free, described it this way. She said, quote, he was blowing up every aspect of his life, from his personal life to his business life to his creative life. Tom was trying to figure out how to put things back together in a way that made sense to him in that moment, end quote. In other words, things fall apart. The center doesn't hold. Or in other, other words, sometimes it's better to burn out than fade away. You were the one who made things different. You were the one who took me in. You were the one thing I could count on. Above all, you were my friend. So don't fade. Don't fade on me. I've been working at my current parish for 10 years now. That's the longest I've ever worked at a church before. Here's the truth of moderately long-term church work. Things fall apart. That's not as dire a warning as it sounds like, because when things fall apart, they tend to break up the logjam of creative thinking that can stymie an institution. 
though we've always done it this ways and that's not our ways, lose their power in moments of transition. But the work, the real honest-to-God, passionate, wonderful work of ministry, it will fade. It's just what it is. It's nobody's fault. But new people can't sustain old visions because they just don't have the same way of seeing the world. Or to get all churchy about it, you just can't put new wine in old wineskins. It doesn't work. But what's strange when you live through these transition moments is that suddenly old pictures of your own ministry can look a lot like those annual meeting pictures from 40 years ago. And you find yourself staring at a stranger with your face who seems to be living an entirely different reality than you are now. The setting looks the same, but the person has faded away. Will your clothes hang on a while And the sun is overhead But today you are too weary To even leave your bed Was it love that took you under Or did you know too much Was it something you could picture But never could quite touch Tom Petty died at 66 years old over five years ago. It feels weird to say out loud. There was a period of time where it seemed like a generation of pop rock acts were passing away on a monthly basis. Lemmy, David Bowie, Prince. I remember it being shocking enough at the time that we even talked about it on our podcast. You can dig back through our archives to find that conversation. Tom Petty never seemed to fade away, though. I grew up watching Petty videos on MTV, albeit watching the ending of Don't Come Around Here No More through my fingers when the Alice in Wonderland motif gets pretty horrific, and came back to Petty again in high school with the one-two punch of the Heartbreakers' greatest hits, which featured Mary Jane's Last Dance, a song that was hard to avoid in 93-94, and the release of Petty's solo album Wildflowers. Tom Petty's music was always a bridge for me, a bridge to the free will in 70s, the subtly subversive rock of the 80s, and the grunge godfather status of the 90s, and now serves as a nice nostalgia moment whenever Spotify cycles his music through the playlist. Like a stranger in the pages of rock and roll history, familiar surroundings, faded person. It's become a cliche in modern pop culture that every new TV show or movie is about grief. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Oh, it's ultimately about grief. I mean, get out of here with this stuff. I can't deal with a new Ghostbusters movie being a meditation on grief. Or the new Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars show is really about grief. When everything is something, then nothing is anything. I've lost family members, friends, co-workers, and ministry responsibilities over the last year, and none of those losses made me think of Indiana Jones. But a lot of those losses made me think of this song. The simplicity of the longing and the inevitability of the loss. We can beg all day long, 
for people and work and ministries not to fade, but the best we can hope for in this world is that one day, 40 years from now, some new goofy formation staff person will check out our annual report and think, I wonder how much passion that guy put into the ministry he did while he was in this place. And a faded voice of the past will whisper from the walls of the building, it meant everything to me. So don't fade.